Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. And welcome to episode six of Headstrong Creatives in Conversation. I'm Louis Strong and I'm the host of this podcast. This podcast, Headstrong, is all about uh, talking to people in the public eye and talking to them about their experiences throughout their life, from their upbringing, their careers, their relationships, and their journey. But fundamentally, I want to know about their vulnerabilities and how those vulnerabilities have shaped who they are today to get them to be in a place to be headstrong and I want to inspire you the listener to understand what being headstrong means on today's episode and I apologize for the delay in its release is Jonah Howard King Jonah is a fantastic actor and individual who has just been cast as Prince Eric in Disney's remake of The Little Mermaid I had recorded this episode previously in August and due to some technical difficulties and issues, I'm incredibly apologetic, but unfortunately some files were corrupt. I won't bore you with that. Nonetheless, we re-recorded. Jonah was incredibly generous with his time and I have a fantastic episode for you to listen to. So I really hope you enjoy this episode and I hope you truly are inspired by this incredibly generous and kind individual. So enjoy. Jonah, thank you so much for joining me on Headstrong. I really appreciate it. And this is not your first time on Headstrong, but <laughs> nobody else knows that. Um, yeah, thank you so much for joining me. Thanks so much for having me. Um, and here we are. So it's, the, it's kind of mid-September now. And I think I would like to say lockdown is a thing of the past, although I think maybe Boris has some other ideas. Um, but here we are kind of looking forward, I suppose, as opposed to back. But it has been a bit of an uncertain period in 2020 and you you kind of found yourself sat sat in London didn't you Jonah? Yeah I've spent the last six months in London which 
uh, it was all right, you know. I think it was um, a major, a major change and shift for everyone. I'm sure in a variety of different ways. Um, but I was uh, working up until until March, and and um, obviously the whole world kind of shut down. And I've been, uh, yeah, I've been in London since then, and and trying to keep busy and productive and stay sane, basically. Well, in your twenties, you've been, you know, incredibly busy in the industry as you've built built up your your uh, credits and, and all all the work that you take part in. But this was almost a time, I suppose, in your life where you were actually allowed to take a break, you know, without anyone, you know, banging on your door, you know, giving you phone calls, sending you emails. You were probably allowed to take some time of self reflection and self, you know, you know, not selfish, but you know, allowed to take some time for yourself. Absolutely. And it was really needed and really healthy. Um, I think, you know, it's some, it's something that I always think about uh, actors in particular, but I'm sure lots of other professions too. But I think uh, actors often see their work as, as a massive part of their identity and I can understand it and it makes sense. But I think what was really helpful about this time was just having that completely um taken away from you and kind of sort of getting back in touch with other sides of yourself other sides of your personality and um other things that you were that you care about and not having that be the sole focus uh so it took a couple of weeks to really adjust I was sort of wired um for the first few days trying to think of ways that I could be productive and 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 do things but actually after a while um it was really nice just to switch off and not put too much pressure on myself to 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 do things and and just you know re- read all the books that I haven't read for ages and, and catch up on lots of tv and uh, I was very fortunate in in that sense oh spending time reading and just watching stuff like that it's very wholesome as well very good for the mind good to you know keep keep the creative juices flowing as well by by uh watching and reading reading all that content but you're well known in the um in the acting world now um, with some great credits uh in film tv and theater from uh howard's end world on fire uh, of course what's coming up which we'll talk about a little later on with the little mermaid um but before we come on to your career let's just look at um you know growing up i'm fortunate to have known you for 10 years now since probably 2010 mm-hmm. um, you were in my brother's year at school and you're in the year above me um how do you reflect on that time growing up uh, at school and how do you think that school shaped you it's an interesting question um i think i suppose what i would reflect on is is the fact that i haven't really wanted to be an actor from a very early age um I have lots of colleagues and friends who that was always the the agenda and always the the dream. And it was through school that I actually really found that. uh, And I'm incredibly grateful for that. Um, You know, school and education is about a lot of stuff other than exams and getting grades. And um, I was very fortunate to to go somewhere which... uh, invested a lot of time and, and put a lot of value into people um I suppose chasing other after other interests and and getting to know themselves a bit better and um being allowed the the time and the space to uh I guess 
practice whatever it was that you were interested in and passionate about and um so yeah so I'm really grateful for that time I think something that you and I probably share in terms of values is um when we were at school we probably found the drama department and the word that might come to mind for you and me is the word community I think it was a place for uh, groups of people to to gather and and kind of share their the same love of of theater and drama but also just to be around people with um kind of a similar almost approach to life and everyone is everyone's an equal in a in a cast um but particularly in that drama community would you agree completely and that was really where i started to uh, enjoy my time at school was when i found that that theater community as you as you called it because it was it was just that it was the the actors who were involved the the teachers a lot of them were english teachers as well um i guess i started to find a bit of an identity and a and a home with them and it was how it was really how i got into acting um i i suppose i i liked acting growing up but it had never felt like it was at the forefront of my mind and to be honest, even when I started getting into it more, it wasn't so much the acting aspect that came later. It was more um, being part of something, being part of a, a group that all had like a shared goal and a shared vision for something. And that was what initially hooked me. Um, I did a play which we took up to the Edinburgh Fringe called Flames Over New Jersey. And that was a real turning point for me because uh it was the first time I really experienced what it meant to be part of a company and uh, all working for each other. And it just felt like a really exciting and felt very attracted to it. And uh, that was very much the foundation for, for everything else and all, all my other acting going forward, I think. I have to say that was one of my one of my favorite productions particularly I was in Edinburgh at the same time as you but that was that was a great show it was had a bit of jazz, a live jazz Thanks, band man. in the show and everything that was brilliant it was brilliant um just before we transition over from from your your theater um introduction to the professional world your your mum is a theater producer I believe she used to be so she came over uh she came to England when she was a little younger than me and she wanted to be an actress and uh, very quickly discovered what a frightening and unpredictable career choice that was and uh, she didn't have the benefit like I did of, of having a, a family there to support you and uh, I guess that kind of acted as a safety net for me and she wasn't she didn't have that so um, she made the decision to go into production which was not exactly without its its difficulties as well it's still also quite a precarious industry but um she started producing and uh making documentaries and then i think a little later she transitioned into into theater making and um that was i suppose before i was born and in my early years but but really through most of the last certainly through my adult life in the last 10 or 15 years um, she changed up and she she now practices as a psychotherapist. I'm cu- I'm curious as uh, a a kid maybe from the early formative years but up to kind of 16 17 did you have a lot of exposure to theater did you frequent the theater a lot yourself I know that at school we were lucky enough to go and watch productions but I didn't know if you maybe went with your family or, or friends. Yeah, definitely and that was something that uh I, I suppose I owe a lot to it because it, it exposed me to um, 
I guess the magic of theatre and and the importance of theatre as well, not just as entertainment, but as a as a political thing and as an artistic thing. Um, my mum uh, was really passionate about taking me and my sisters to to see shows from an early age, and so uh, yeah, it was a big it was a big part of my childhood, and and you know, I'm very very fortunate for that. How. How has the kind of theatre, obviously your, your career started in theatre, how's that kind of impacted your approach to your life? Because you mentioned uh, earlier kind of the aspect of a cast and how Flames Over New Jersey kind of helped your, I don't know, mental approach in, in some way. But would you say that maybe the, mm-hmm. the theatre and what a company stands for kind of has helped you utilise those kind of skills in your own life? Yeah, absolutely. In my own life and also just in my career moving forward, I think it's it's really it's great starting in theatre because it gives you uh, a grounding and a value system about how you want to both be in the world as a, as a professional, but also in general. I think theatre inherently is about um, shared equal experience. It's about it's not about hierarchy. It's not about putting people on pedestals. It's about working together and having a shared um shared ambition and shared goal and that's a really I guess it's kind of a beautiful thing and something that I've tried to take forward in general um and as I've moved on to do more film and tv stuff it's something that I really try and hold on to um because when you're part of a theatre company it's uh yeah it's a it's a it's a family and it's a genuinely uh egalitarian place and um yeah, that that felt that felt like how the world should be, really. <laughs> yeah, sure. Prior to that exposure with Flames, uh, that that show from Edinburgh, I have to say, at school as well, you you had a passion for for music and singing. Was that ever a career option for you? Because I know that you were in a band at school and and you did did some gigs and stuff. Um, was that ever an option? It sounds like creatively, that was always a that was the way forward for you creatively. Yeah, I think it was. From from the age of about fourteen or fifteen, I was playing in a band, and at the time, it felt like my whole universe. That, that was what I wanted to do. It felt like that's where I was headed. And we we were gigging around North London for two or three years, and we did all right. I mean, I think we probably looked back at it through rose tinted glasses a bit um, because it was such a joyous and exciting time for us. Um, but definitely, you know, looking back, I think. If you'd asked me at the time, I would have said that that's that's absolutely what I want to do. Uh, in the end, it's not really the way it played out. You know, we, we came about 18 years old, 19 years old, and we all started doing different things. I started acting more. Someone was going to art school. Someone was moving to Montreal. He still plays in a band. Um, he's oh. the last remaining musician. Um, but it was, uh, yeah, it's definitely something I was always interested in and I suppose since then have been trying to find ways of including music in my life, in my professional life as well, whether that be through writing or singing. Um, I usually try and muscle in a little bit on any project I do in, in some musical sense. So oh, really? I did an indie film a couple of years ago and, and I basically begged the director to let me write the titles track, which eventually he let me do. Um, because it's a massive, yeah, it's something I'm really passionate about. And, and Amazing. Which, which project was that? It was a, a film called Postcards from London. And it was a BFI film. Um, 
And uh, yeah, I, I basically brought my guitar every day to set in a really unsubtle way of hinting to the director <laughs> that that's what I like doing. And say, and uh, and he would sort of walk into my trailer and go, oh, sorry, don't mind me. I'm just uh, having a bit of a sing and a play. He's like, oh, you play. <laughs> um i I was like you know i thought you'd never ask um so yeah very much engineered that but it was i was happy that i did and i loved it we we recorded for a couple of days and and uh yeah it's something that i'm as we speak trying to get off the ground i think are we gonna see you in another band soon or does the do you not have the time for that i don't know i don't know i think (laughs) at this stage my um (laughs) I think at this stage, I'm more interested in in the writing aspect. Um, okay. Ironically, for for an actor, I I'm not sure how comfortable I would be on stage singing. I think I realised, you know, I suppose as an actor, you you can hide behind your part a little bit. It's it's less exposing, whereas it's kind of an amazing thing to watch a musician on stage because even though they might have, you know, of course they have their personas and their performance and stuff, but it's kind of just them. And that almost feels quite frightening to me now. I was I was young and naive at 15. That didn't bother me then. But I think it would now. The, the, the naivety allowed you to express yourself. Exactly. Exactly. With my skinny jeans and my plimsolls and my... <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting you mentioned um, that you're interested in the writing part there. I, I just want to explore that a little bit. Um, where... What, what interesting where do you write from what do you write from personal experience is it from the heart is it from literally walk going down to the shops i don't know i mean people um have a variety of of ways to approach um songwriting something that i'm just woeful at and i won't even bother attempting <laughs> but um do you pick up the instrument first and just jam and then see what happens or do you kind of detail write some detailed lyrics about some personal experiences i'm just curious yeah i think um i've always been really impressed by people who are able to articulate through song how they're feeling either emotionally or something that's happened to them it's a real skill uh i think i've i'm not so good at that i think partly because i uh i'm not sure i'm any good and i sort of embarrass myself um i cringe myself out (laughs) so i think what i'm more um what i find easier is writing writing music for a specific occasion or writing it, for example, in the context of, I don't know, a musical or writing it for someone else. Um, I have been, I won't say too much about it because it's, it's fledgling. But I've, been tr- I've been starting to write a, a musical and I've found that a lot easier because I suppose you're writing from the place of that character as opposed from your own personal experience. And so it's, I find that quite liberating. That is incredibly exciting. Before I ask you what that musical is about, it's really nice and refreshing to hear that whilst you may write for other people, it sounds like you, you enjoy doing it. It's probably quite, um, it's not, you know, it's, it's, it's quite fulfilling to, to do so. And it's probably calming for one's mentality as well to write, write music, take yourself out of whatever you're doing in that day yeah. or week. Definitely. And I've, I've found that the, the pace and the rhythm of that process, a bit like when you're writing like any kind of writing, whether you're writing a song or writing a script, um, I really love it. And I'm really, really drawn to it because it's it's such a different pace to what it's like to, I don't know, make a film or, or put on a show. 
it's a much more arguably a much more lonely experience but it's also a very personal experience and it's much more autonomous and I find that one of the wonderful things about acting is that it's pure collaboration whether that's film or theater and there's something quite freeing and and just different about about writing as I say whether that's a song or, or a play or a, a, a screenplay um because it's yours and you have control over it and it's just a different creative rhythm so I'm definitely you know I'm looking to explore all avenues amazing and so the question is what is the musical about <laughs> if you're if you dare um, if you dare say anything maybe a genre maybe maybe keep that to yourself maybe that was far too personal of me it's um it's a world war ii musical fantastic <laughs> uh, set set in a uh set in a prison camp i'll say oh, that wow. much <laughs> okay well we will keep our eyes on broadway <laughs> thanks um so let's 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 continue that about the theater then um you you um your relationship with your agent started um following some shows in london with uh flames over new jersey am i correct yes that's correct but then you still also attended cambridge university um with your degree theology how important was it and potentially for your family as well to still achieve that degree at that phenomenal university whilst also balancing your passion and adoration for acting? I don't know, really. I, I think um, my family weren't particularly uh, pushy or or married to that idea. I think of anyone, my dad maybe was, was the most. He, hadn't, he hasn't been to university and I think, uh, uh, I, I don't know, I think he just thought that I would get a lot out of it and then I'd really enjoy it. So he was pretty keen for me to go. Um, I, I absolutely loved my time there, partly because of, um, you know, the educational aspect was amazing and, and met my lifelong friends there. But I think there was something interesting about going, knowing that you what you wanted to do at the end of it, um, i.e. Be, be an actor. I, I found it helpful because one of the things that maybe I've, I've picked up um, over the last few years is, is how a lot of the most, a lot of the actors that I admire the most are some of the most um, like well-rounded people and have had mm. lots of different life experiences and have been surrounded by lots of different kinds of people, i.e. not just actors. And that was really positive for me. I, I found it really fulfilling and I guess enriching as a person to be uh, surrounded by people who were passionate about different stuff and were studying different things and people who wanted to be doctors and writers and teachers um, and detectives and kind of you name it. It was just a really exciting thing to be around um, and something that I, yeah, I, I'm in the end was incredibly happy that I went. I think um, when I left school, there was a huge question in my mind about whether or not I would apply to university and uh, not that it's the be all or end all or a kind of, uh, you know, a prerequisite for doing well, but it, it, for me, at least it, I, I, I'm really grateful for the time there because I think it was, yeah, it was, it was a wonderful experience. Absolutely. And just um, out of curiosity, who are those uh, actors or creators that you do 
look up to potentially for inspiration um, from whether that be creative work or indeed the the way that they they approach life. Who are those those people? Well, that yeah, that's a really good distinction because I just as I was saying that as well, I was thinking in my head that it's funny a, a lot of the actors who I admired the most are of course they're they're brilliant actors, but they're also like ones that I've worked with who. I really admire the way that they are in the world and the way that they mm. go about their work and about their lives. And sometimes often, you know, they're all brilliant actors, but sometimes it's their, it's their, uh, I guess their attitude and their, their way of treating others that I feel really drawn to. And I worked with Leslie Manville recently, who is just so inspiring. Like she's such an incredible actor, but such an amazing person as well. Um, and just absolutely adore her same with Matthew McFadden again like brilliant brilliant actor but a really genuinely kind man who's hilarious and is interested in everyone else and those are the, the actors I think that that stick out for me quite often it's I like it's the people who are very selfless and you talk to them and, and actually they show an, a real engagement and interest in you sometimes I know I know that when we recorded the first episode, um, we talked how sometimes people actually can get um, absorbed into the creative world of, of um, um, film and, and TV, and you can really just define yourself by your work, whereas actually a lot of people um, who we probably mutually respect even more so are ones that are, are able to live their lives with um, passions outside of, of their job. Yeah. Absolutely, and I've I've always felt like that was so key to anyone who's starting out. Um, I think acting can be so all-consuming, and people can be so loving and dedicated towards it, and that's amazing. And you need that ambition and drive and and passion for it, and passion for the work. But I think people can get a little bit, um, I suppose, or just all consumed, yeah, and and so totally focused on on that and that that particular career that they they never sort of have a stop and a think and a look around and and like experience other things, um, whether that's like creative stuff or not, whether that's you know writing or music making or just like can be random hobbies or just really caring about and having really like active. Um, like social lives and, and relationships with your family I just think that stuff is so it's so integral um, and again I think just makes you a more interesting actor because it it, it gives you life experiences and and you know I think that that's that's what generally people draw on when they're trying to act like they're, they're drawing on on the experience that they've had and using it empathetically and um so yeah, so as as much as you can not be too narrow or single-minded about what you're doing, I think is is very positive. Most definitely. You have partaken in a number of genres on both screen and stage now. Is there a particular dream role that comes to mind for you uh, that you'd like to play one day? Or does Jonah take each role as it comes and actually, um, you know, you know any any role for an actor i suppose is a dream because they're working um <laughs> <laughs> yeah there is that there is that i think it, it takes a very long time and i'm still not there to ever get rid of the anxiety of when the next job is coming in and so 
you know, it sometimes asked what the dream role would be. And actually my, my dream is just to, to keep working and uh, keep having opportunities. That's, that's basically as much as I can ask for. Um, but I, I suppose, yeah, but even then, like, I just, I don't think that there is a specific role. I just think, yeah, the, the, again, the actors that I really admire are the ones who have a real variety and diversity to their careers either through different mediums or different types of characters um, mm. doing, making indie films, making big series, doing plays to 50 people, um, playing villains, playing leading men, doing more character roles. There, you know, there are very few actors actually out there who are able to straddle all of those different things. And, um, you know, there's people like, actually people like Matthew McFallion, people like Andrew Scott, um, mm. I have a close friend of mine, Josh O'Connor, who I am a big, just a huge admirer of and, and admire of his work and his choices. And those are the ones who um, I look up to and try and emulate. You mentioned there briefly that, you know, you have from time to time um, experienced anxiety. And I have no doubt that I can guess when it's come. It's when, um, you know, during or, or any any form of audition process, when it might get a bit quiet from your agent or indeed um, maybe at the start of your career. And I know that anyone starting in the industry will be curious to hear what you have to say. But when you start in your career and, uh, for, you know, rejection is, um, ra- you know, quite quite there's quite a lot of rejection at the start of one's career how how did you deal with that anxiety and were there any specific techniques that you kind of practiced to to help you cope with this or was it a matter of surrounding yourself with the right people um what what were your what was your approach I suppose it depends on the type of anxiety uh I think I think the thing that we're all starting to talk about and starting to learn is that anxiety can be really rational and understandable and sometimes it isn't um and it's probably the latter that's that's harder to know how to deal with and harder to know how to cope with um I think when it comes to really ostensible objective worries about what's going on i.e you haven't heard from your agent or you haven't got a job in a while um I, th- I think that the best way of dealing with it is, is is somewhat cliched, but it's just knowing that it's so common and it happens to everyone and whoever your favourite actor is has experienced that tenfold. And so you're not alone in that experience. And, and it's important to remember that no matter how people are projecting themselves out into the world or how it might seem that they're doing, inevitably they, they have their own anxieties and fears. And so I think feeling lonely with anxiety is one of the main things that I think we can quite quickly um, get rid of well, as you know the more we talk about it uh, but I think in, in terms of the anxieties which feel less understandable or less rational at times I think just finding things again that you feel really safe and comfortable in things that ground you whether that be meditation or um, or family or just having really like strong connections with either people or a certain practice whether that be you know I've been playing a lot of tennis over lockdown and I find that (laughs) weirdly calming um just whatever it might be that sort of relaxes your mind and and gives you a little bit of uh of of kind of calm focus is um you just have to over the over the months and years find out what works for you that is all for part one If you're enjoying the conversation, please do hit subscribe on Headstrong because season four is 
in the works. And by all means, go click on part two to carry on listening to Jonah and I talking about his life and experience. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare insurance plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare insurance plans at uh1.com.